Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz, and I'm here with Lauren Johnson, everyone's favorite nurse practitioner. And we're going to talk about a topic that can be kind of triggering for people um, because it's so common. And that is infertility. And we're going to put also an emphasis on low testosterone. So Lauren and I were just talking. The statistics are staggering. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty sad to be honest. And really what I think we're seeing is the result of the last 30 or 40 years or longer since probably the sixties where everything that they were doing to us medically has, and the food industry, everything, all the toxins have created offspring that over time will tend to be infertile. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what we think is causing that, what we see clinically. Uh, but let's first start off with some some statistics. Lauren, tell the people about the reduction of fertility and the reduction of sperm uh, in the last few decades, at least, what was it, since the 60s, you were saying? Yeah, so fertility is down by 50% since the 1960s. Uh, sperm counts are down by 60% since the 1970s. Um, we have, so the, a 22 year old has the same testosterone level as a 67 year old had in 2000. Wait, wait, say that one more time. A 22 year old today has the same testosterone level as a 67 year old had like 20, 30 years ago. Think I, about that. I have seen this in practice. I have seen so many young guys come in and just their testosterone is, it should be six or 700 uh, yep. in their twenties. It should not be two or 300. And this is a, it is so common about male factor infertility accounts for about 20 to 40% of the infertility cases that we see. And it is something that it's not always, I know it's a lot of time assumed it is the the woman um, because mm -hmm. that is very common, um, but sometimes it's not. And, yep. and so you really, and you really do, no matter what, you need to look at the health of both the, the mother and the father, because if dad is not methylating well, that can 100% impact outcomes as well. So yep. it's, you know, both of the health of the mother and father matter when we're talking about making a baby. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because in my experience as well, it's always like pressure on the female yeah. and you have these, um, females who either they're, this is their first child or they just want another child or whatever number they're on. And they come in, they put the work in, but then their husbands sit around drinking beer, not watching their diet, you know, do not, uh, rising to that frequency, so to speak. And it's not talked about enough. No. And so I'm glad you started out with that because again, it's too much emphasis on the female. Uh, the same thing that is destroying our ovaries are the same thing that's destroying the sperm. And so it, it's gotta be just like making the baby. It's gotta be teamwork. And yeah. so. Well, and we if, if you have, so like in a household, so when I started cleaning up the products in my house and really starting using cleaner products, that affected my husband too, because mm -hmm. he was getting exposed to all of the phthalates that are in my, the, the spray things, the candles, the cleaning products, all of that. And that 
mat that is a direct correlation to fertility and especially for men. So it's something that needs to be considered that the health of the home um, really will impact the ability to get pregnant um, and keep a pregnancy too. Yeah. And folks, we, we can really take this so many different ways. You know, we've done a hormone podcast. Uh, we've done stuff that we're going to talk about, but we wanted to just keep it short and simple for you guys. We wanted to keep it some biggest bang for your buck. Uh, we'll mention other podcasts. But when it comes down to fertility, I think the biggest takeaway is the stress of our society and the body will never, ever, ever prioritize reproduction in individuals that have stressful lifestyles because stress puts you in fight or flight. When you are in fight or flight, that is gearing up your body towards running from a threat or fighting a threat. None of that sounds like fertility. And your body, even if you are technically not running from that tiger or fighting off that uh, that robber or whoever, your body doesn't know the difference. The body is an all or none stress response. It is there to keep you alive and survive. And so, so many toxins, so many mental stress patterns, so many stresses of life put us in that fight or flight. And above all else, I think that's the number one thing when it comes down to fertility. Uh, I think the toxins are what are really destroying the egg quality, the sperm quality, the reduction in sperm. I think that our diets that are so deficient in minerals and so deficient in vitamins and amino acids, which all three of those things, methylation that Lauren was referring to, methylation happens a billion times a second in our body. It's responsible for every sex hormone. It's responsible for every organ health. It's responsible for literally everything. And every single one of those pathways works off of one of or more of three things, minerals, vitamins, and amino acids. That's why we preach animal protein and a balanced diet. We talk about how our soils are depleted. We talk about vaccines that pump your body full of toxic metals that displace all the good minerals in your body. And now we're seeing the effects of all that type of stuff. You know, and, go ahead. Saying? no, go ahead. I, I was, I honestly, to be honest, right away, I don't know where I was going with that. I was going on a rant and I'm really good at that. And then just kind of speaking, uh, whatever comes up. I think it's interesting that they discourage meat. I mean, we've seen this recently in the news yeah. in New York city where they're discouraging meat and dairy products, but these are, and these are things like they're discouraging meat. And those are things that we need for our fertility. Oh yeah. And we yeah. have, uh, we've seen people encourage people to not get pregnant, um, or to not consider it or to, and it's just something that you're, you're going to, it's, it's, a, you're doing one for the environment and for the world. If you don't continue to repopulate, um, and that is not a good message, but definitely the encouragement of, um, soy products that is GMO soy laced with lots of pesticides, um, that is going to increase that estrogen. And if men have a lot of estrogen too, that's directly going to affect fertility as well. Yeah. We, we have such an estrogenic society from all of the household cleaning products that Lauren mentioned, 
from our stress levels, when our, when, when our stress hormone and our adrenaline go high, your body is going into fight or flight. It is not going to prioritize making things like progesterone. And what's going to happen is when you get progesterone deficient, you get estrogen dominant and your body will start pulling on all of these things from the environment. Now, one of the biggest ones that I see is pesticides. We are sprayed every single day with these chemicals that, that mimic hormones and they clog our receptors, they clog our organs and nothing is going to work properly when we still have this stuff in our body. So it might seem overwhelming, but we promise you, if, if you take, do start a little bit, start small, start with little everyday changes, the changes can be profound. And so yeah. that's what we're doing I this podcast for. Estrogen to- decreased by like a crazy amount, just be, just by eliminating junky products, fragrance yep. in the products. Um, you know, if you start cleaning up your products using nice, clean ones, then you really can go after it just by doing that alone. Yes. I do think working on the liver and the nutrients supplementation and things like that, methylation matters, but a good first step is just, Hey, I'm going to stop using this fragrance bath and body work stuff and start using something else that is, is much cleaner. Yeah, absolutely. Endocrine disruptors like BPA plastic is in Mm. everything. And what about like receipts? Yes. I mean, yes. So, and especially if you use hand sanitizer and then touch the receipt, which is what everyone did in 2020. (laughs) And so if you are doing that, that increases the absorption of the BPA. And so if what, and I'm not saying don't ever touch a receipt guys, I know that's not realistic. I do. I touch receipts every day. Um, but I am saying I put them in a pocket. I don't touch. I try not to touch them a whole lot. Again, I'm mindful of it. If, if I, if they offer an email receipt, I take that and I, or I say no receipt if I don't need one and do what you can don't stress. It's not, but if you are a cash register, I highly recommend you wearing gloves, especially if you're having trouble with hormones or fertility. Yeah. And and these days with everyone wearing masks and wearing gloves, you'll fit right in. You won't even look different. No, I know. I know. It looks funny wearing gloves. It's like, no, this isn't for the germs. This is for the BPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these receipts are poisoning me. Um, that's right. So, you know, we really have, we do have to consider endocrine disruptors and how that can drive up the estrogen. And then you'll, you'll have this bad ratio of super high estrogen and maybe your progesterone level is not too bad, but it's all about balance. So mm-hmm. if you have a super high estrogen and a normal progesterone, it's still out of balance. You, you yep. really, and then, then you're setting yourself up for not being able to clear that estrogen and setting yourself up for heavier periods, um, you know, bad, painful, um, you know, PMS, things like that, that you're, it's, and then it's going to be having a harder time getting pregnant as well sometimes. Yeah. And if, um, if you're doing blood tests with someone who's not a functional provider, they'll run blood for your hormones and hormones are much better, uh, measured in saliva and urine. And so what will happen is the blood will show, oh yeah, the estrogen is good, but it doesn't tell you what type of estrogen. So what can happen is these xenoestrogens, these environmental estrogens can clog the receptors and show on blood work. Oh yeah, there's enough estrogen, but you have all the estrogen dominant symptoms. And that is the reason why is because it's just not the proper estrogen and more likely than not, 
you are not breaking it down properly. So we've, we've done a hormone podcast where we talk more about that. So go back and reference that. Um, for this one, we're going to really talk about testosterone. So let's start out with low testosterone. I wrote some notes here. We already talked about mineral depletion. Zinc is a huge one. Yes. Zinc is completely low in a lot of people. And and that uh, you might notice more anxiety in a, in a, a man, or you might notice they are, their hair is thinning um, and they are, they're balding. And I'm not saying zinc is the only answer for that, but if you notice some of those things together, there might be a reason why. Absolutely. And that's what we're looking for is, is the reason why, which we will definitely get into. Um, testosterone is made in the ovaries and the adrenal glands or the testes and the adrenal glands. Uh, and what happens is it comes from a precursor called DHEA. And so if your testosterone is low, you got to look at the DHEA. If that is low, that means your adrenal glands are trashed. It is an adrenal exhaustion. We have, you have to find out why the gland is trashed. And why does that Um, happen? It's not just stress, but stress is a big factor, but there are other factors for adrenal gland exhaustion, right? Yep. And the number one is mitochondrial dysfunction, which comes from parasites, comes from pesticides and heavy metals and all the environmental stuff. Now, um, like uh, I talk about ovary mitochondria and adrenal mitochondria, some other stuff that will cause this uh, pattern of low testosterone is medications, right? Everyone's on blood pressure, statins, all that type of stuff that will change your hormone levels. And then over time, uh, blood sugar dysregulation and diabetes will cause low testosterone, but before it causes low, it actually causes high. And so if you come back and you have high testosterone, now you have to start thinking, okay, are my adrenals in hyperfunction? Are they firing like crazy? And if they are, they're secreting stress hormone. Well, what's the number one job of stress hormone to raise your blood sugar. So then what happens? Your body secretes insulin. And so in the presence of high insulin comes high testosterone. And that's will set you up for something like PCOS. PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is you uh, most times, not every time, but majority of the time, you'll find a high testosterone pattern. And what happens with that is there's an enzyme called a 5-alpha reductase. There's 5-alpha and 5-beta. If you have a preference towards 5-alpha, now you're going to turn your testosterone into DHT, which is a more toxic form of testosterone. And that's when you start getting the cystic acne. You start getting the hair growth on your face when you're a female. Uh, and that's the classic signs of PCOS. And so when the testosterone's high, check how your stress level is. Your, your adrenals are probably hyper cortisol, high stress hormone, and that's causing that insulin response. And that's what's going to give you high T. Yeah. And other things that will affect, um, low T are, you know, and, and it affects women as well is, um, EMS. Huge. Absolutely. 100% huge. Uh, EMF is what I would say is the new smoking. It is everywhere. It's probably more dangerous than smoking because you can't really control it. Uh, it, it's every time you sit down anywhere, you go on your phone, you pick up 20 different Wi-Fi signals and what it'll do is it'll deplete your B6. And B6 is how you get rid of toxic estrogen. It's also how you produce glutathione. Now you're depleting your master antioxidant that governs your barriers, your blood brain barrier, your gut barrier, your lung barriers, and even the barriers of your organs. And so when we look back in however many years, 
we're going to look back at EMF and be like, you know, what were we doing? It, it's, it's like birth control. Yeah. If you, um, if you have a higher B6, you have a lower chance of miscarriage. Um, as well, yep. you increase fertility by 120% with a higher B6 level. 120% you said. Yep. That's crazy. 120%. What form of getting pregnant, whether it's IVF or whatever you're doing, what form has any rates that are 120% greater chance of being pregnant? I don't know many. It's and so funny. when when we have this statistics of what proper B6 does to the body, why are we not researching that? Why, why are we not putting money in that? Because there's no money to be made. That can't be patented, but drugs can be patented. So you better believe that's where the millions of dollars of research is going to. Yeah. And it, for with EMF, like I feel like EMF is a topic that people just get so overwhelmed with. How do you even address it? Guys, just stop putting your cell phones in your pocket. That's a good first step. And, yep. uh, especially for men in your front pocket, if you, if you can't get your, um, your husband to put it in your front pocket and your, and to take it out, then put it in their back pocket, at least, uh, in, in a way from <laughs> the good stuff. Um, and so that's something that you really can consider if you have a laptop and you're working on a laptop or, or he does, then put a EMF blanket over top of you and then put it down or put it on a table or a desk and or a grounding mat. Um, and then that way you can protect yourself because it really does matter. My kids, that is something I, that's something I, I can go on EMF brand on iPads, but kids sit in the, their, the couch in the chair and they just sit there on their little iPads and they, and they, and they have this exposure constantly. And it's like, you know, and my kids, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, they don't get on the iPad very much. I don't, we get it's dead half the time but if they were to say i needed them to or say something they need to they would have an emf grounding blanket over top of them because it is that important that it's not touching that their, their body yeah and from an internal perspective the two best things to do for emf protection is two things one is proper hydration yeah the more hydrated you are the better you adapt to emf number two is proper methylation because the proper methylation builds insulin around your or insulin. Yeah, so many people's insulins are off that I'm I'm speaking insulin. The insulation around your nerves called the myelin sheath uh, is built through methylation and good essential fats like cod liver oil. And when you coat your nerves properly, it protects it from electromagnetic uh, frequencies. So methylation in water. When we get into the products. Um, I'll mention more about what uh, methylation products I like for these types of things. And one other one that uh, a lot of people uh, partake in is marijuana. And I'm not against marijuana. Some people have heard me talk uh, in many different places. I've heard me say that in college, marijuana saved my life. Um, but it only masked a symptom. It just, I, I can get into that a whole nother time. It didn't get to the root cause, but instead of, you can use it as a pharmaceutical if you, if you use it responsibly. Now, here's the issue with marijuana. Twofold. One, if it's not organic, there's a ton of mold and fungus in it, and you'll get chronic mold and fungal infections. Number two, it's so good at lowering your blood sugar that unless you have diabetes, it will create hypoglycemia. And what happens when your blood sugar drops low? 
your body goes into fight or flight because it has to dump cortisol and adrenaline to raise that blood sugar back up. Now you start creating blood sugar dysregulation and that can have a change in hormones, which changes sperm and egg quality. So even though I am not against it, I'm against using it irresponsibly. Uh, just know that this is the effect that people that it has on people. Like think about it. Anytime that whoever's listening to this has smoked marijuana, what do you do? You get thirsty, tired, and hungry. Technically, that's parasympathetic. So it can be very uh, healing, so to speak, to your nervous system if you are that fight or flight person. However, uh, that's why you get the munchies. Why do you think whenever you have marijuana, you can eat uncontrollably because it keeps dropping that blood sugar. That is a shock for the system a lot of times. Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if you don't know that, that's just my little clinical uh, two cents on marijuana. Yeah. And also alcohol. Um, If we have a guy that's drinking a lot of alcohol, that can directly affect testosterone as well. Yep. Alcohol is a big business. You know, it's um, like my dad runs one of the largest bars in Chicago. Um, you know, my family owned a bowling alley in Wrigleyville of Chicago for 70 plus years that had a full bar. My dad would work late nights, still does. Um, alcohol is a business and it makes great money because everyone wants to, dr uh, I don't want to say drink their life away, but they want to, you know, kick in and relax and have some alcohol because it takes you away from your reality. A lot of times, even if you don't want to admit that I'm not judging you, I'm just saying what it is. Um, but you have to understand like that's pure sugar. That is a high amount of sugar and it inflames your gut, inflames your liver. If your gut and liver are not working properly, your ovaries and testes will never work properly. Remember, the liver meridian in Chinese medicine runs from your liver on both sides of you down through the testes and ovaries all the way down to your feet. And so anytime you affect an organ, you not only affect that organ, but you affect the meridian in Chinese medicine that it runs through. So since the ovaries and testes are on that meridian, they're also being affected too, which is why Chinese medicine uh, will tell you that for menstrual cycle issues, you don't treat the ovaries, you treat the liver. Yeah. Um, and that also will impact methylation. Alcohol intake, of course, will impact Huge. methylation. Something that will impact fertility is a high homocysteine level, which of course is related to poor methylation as well. A high homocysteine level. I mean, that, that's a good thing to be checked, um, before <laughs> you want to get pregnant. Um, that wouldn't be a bad idea as well as some of yeah. your nutrient stores. Um, but High homocysteine levels decrease blood flow to the placenta, causes IUGR, neural tube defects. It decreases sperm motility. It can cause sperm DNA damage. So we really want to make sure we're methylating well. Um, yeah. What do you? And and we did a methylation podcast yes. two times ago. Yeah. So for more information on that, if you didn't listen to that one, and this is your first time being exposed to us, um, that's where we would recommend to listen. Now, Let's talk about some products uh, that oh, one we more thing use. we didn't mention is low yeah. thyroid. Um, so a high TSH, even like a, a TSH of like five, that can be a big factor in fertility and decreased chances of getting pregnant. So if you are, if you are wanting to get pregnant or you've been trying to get pregnant and you haven't consider some testing, like a full thyroid panel, 
Now we both mm-hmm. know that they, if she, you know, say a woman goes and asks for a thyroid check, her doctor is going to check a TSH. And that is not a marker for thyroid function. That is a marker for pituitary function. We have a thyroid yeah. podcast. We will link that in the show notes, but having your thyroid in range, which this, this will also go back to the adrenals and the liver health, because remember if you're, if you're not converting T4 to T3 you, you, and that happens in the liver, then you, you can have a functional low thyroid. So these are all things to consider um, is a thyroid and consider endocrine disruptors, consider methylation, consider adrenal exhaustion and just a stressed out life, consider blood sugar balance. I mean, insulin resistance is a huge factor for yeah. infertility. Um, and I think, well, it's just a huge factor in the, in the world in general. But if you go to your doctor, you say, Hey, I want to be checked for insulin resistance or blood sugar problems. What are they going to do? They're going to do a hemoglobin A1C. They might do yeah. a random CMP and check a blood sugar or blood gl- glucose. That probably won't show anything. You might yeah. be pre-diabetic, maybe, but probably not. We're talking about more going up and down and up and down on this blood sugar roller coaster that, um, that can be a factor, but also, um, you know, just plain old insulin resistance can be a factor as well. Yeah. I like how you said that about the up and down roller coaster, because it's usually that that destroys the body. Yeah. It's the up and down. That's a stress response. Blood sugar people is a stress response. Most times we live in low blood sugar because we don't eat enough protein. We don't digest our protein. We live in a stressful lifestyle, which just like fertility, if you are stressed out, your body is not going to prioritize digestion. It's going to prioritize trying to run or fight and you don't digest. You don't reproduce in times like that. So the body is, you know, I always say this, the body's stress response system, the HPA axis, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis is made for short-term use. It's amazing for short-term use. The issue with humans is we use that system long-term and over time that puts us in a state of complete breakdown from every angle. Now, let's uh, going back to some of the products. Uh, we talked about methylation because it really is that important. I, I've been doing a ton of methylation work lately and it's it's absolutely crucial for us to, to regulate our methylation. And so Everyone has heard us talk about InspiraCell, right? Everyone has the testimonials, but InspiraCell is methylation, but it's a little bit more of not only methylation, but it's it's more geared towards brain neurochemistry, dopamine, serotonin, all that type of stuff. It can do other things, but that's where that's where it shines. The flip side, which is the one that we're going to highlight right now, is very similar, but there's little minute differences, and that is Regenerzyme Heart. That has chromium, alpha lipoic acid. It has things in there that balance your blood sugar. It has adrenal tissue in there. So adrenals are absolutely crucial when it comes to hormone production because a lot of them are made there. Um, it also has carnitine, which Inspire Cell does not. Carnitine is the number one nutrient for your, your mitochondria of all of it, from your ovaries to your adrenals to all of that. So that's why I use Regenerzyme Heart as a prenatal, but I also use it to help egg quality and sperm quality. Yeah. Another another one that I'll throw on top of there is from Supreme Nutrition. It's called Shadavari. Shadavari is a hormone balancer 
of all types. It'll balance testosterone, estrogen, progesterone for males and females. And that one probably has the most research for increasing sperm quality and motility. Now, one more that I will throw in there is, as Lauren was saying, how important the liver is. And that is Shisandra Supreme. It's the only herb that I know of that works on all detox pathways of the liver while balancing stress hormone too. So in my opinion, if you're going to choose you know, three, two or three things, I would start with Regenerzyme Heart, Shadavari, and Shisandra. So what are your thoughts on artichoke then for fertility? Love artichoke. Um, artichoke helps the glucuronidation. So that helps basically take the toxic estrogen and wrap it in a get like a little gift, put the bow on it and then get it to the gallbladder to dump into the intestines and then you poop it out. Um, I really, really, I mean, there's so many testimonials as, as we all know of artichoke, um, and that's, that's good. Uh, and it, it works great for a lot of people, but if I had to choose, I would still support the mitochondria over, uh, the artichoke personally. Now, not to say that that artichoke hasn't created babies. Um, I mean, it's like for, for when I first started talking about artichoke, you start seeing all the testimonials of people getting pregnant on one try and all that. It's magic. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, but just for how we're talking, low T mitochondrial methylation, I don't think it gets any better than Regenerzyme Heart. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about adrenals and some nutrients that are needed for sperm motility, but are also needed for the fertility of the woman. We yeah. have I like oyster zinc a lot for men, especially, but definitely for women as well. Um, a lot of good nutrients in oysters and oh, yeah. I love oysters. Do you like, are you an oyster fan? I don't love oysters to eat them. Yeah. You, you them. either are, or you're not like yeah. Andrea's just coming around to liking them. I could eat like 90 of them in a sitting. Yeah. Not the biggest fan, but that's, you know, that's something that I can always, you know, come around to. Um, you're like I grew I grew up in Kentucky. We don't eat oysters. Around no, we don't, eat, we don't eat, we don't eat oysters here. Um, so a couple, you know, a couple other things I wanted to mention for women, especially is fasting. I know a lot of women really think fasting is, is helpful for them. And I'm not saying it's not as a menstruating woman. Um, it, it can increase that cortisol and it can affect blood sugar balance, especially the week before your cycle, especially if you're trying to get pregnant, I would consider not fasting. I would consider, you know, you still eat the same, you could still eat the same amount of foods, but you definitely want to make sure your blood sugar is nice and stable throughout the day. You can get that with a, like a random blood sugar monitor. Um, that would be helpful to see how your body's responding to fasting. But like, honestly, I would just say while you're trying to get pregnant, that's not a time to necessarily fast in my opinion. Yeah. And then one more thing that I don't think we've mentioned yet um, that I wanted to mention is that NSAIDs will delay ovulation. And so mm -hmm. ibuprofen, we have a lot of uh, women that will pop ibuprofen. And I know I used to be one of them almost every single day. And so that I get it. Um, but I will say that that can delay <laughs> ovulation as well. Yeah. And here's another clinical pearl. If ibuprofen or acetaminophen helps you, that means that your inflammatory pathway that is regulated by essential fatty acids is affected. So you don't have enough good essential fatty acids like cod liver oil. Yep. Um, yeah, I, uh, 
the fasting thing, I echo a hundred percent. I would say the only time that I've seen fasting really help someone is when they're diabetic. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that's definitely, there's definitely a time and place for that. Of course you do want to be careful, especially if you're on insulin. It's not something yep. that I would highly recommend without a practitioner. Um, but that yep. is something that can be really helpful, even if you're on insulin, as long as you're doing it with a practitioner that's monitoring things. Yep. And, um, as we've been talking about blood sugar is important. So make sure that you're doing a, a diet that has good protein and fat, right? Hormones are made from protein and fat, get off the the refined sugars and all that type of stuff. I also uh, love inositol for, uh, insulin resistance, blood sugar issues. I, and inositol has a lot of research, uh, oh, yeah. that will actually, uh, in, you know, improve fertility chances. I, I love castor oil packs for inducing that parasympathetic nervous system and supporting the liver, helping with bowel movements to help you clear the estrogen. I think that they are a phenomenal tool to use. Now, if you're using them to try to get pregnant, I would say that you, you, you typically work, I'm going to say to do it the first two weeks of your cycle, and then maybe lay off of it after that, because you don't want to use it during pregnancy. It might not necessarily be uh, too much of an issue, but that's something that you can check with your provider. I love inositol, as you just said. Uh, it's also in Regenerative Heart, another one for this. It's also in Inspire Cell too. Um, but yeah, it's phenomenal. It's great for serotonin. It's great for uh, blood sugar, absolutely. Uh, one other one that I don't want to leave you guys hanging with is if you do have PCOS, if you know that you have that DHT testosterone uh, and you have that 5-alpha reductase preference that gives you that cystic acne and that hair growth, um, reishi mushroom, reishi supreme is phenomenal for helping that pathway too. So I, I didn't want to, uh, not give you the solution or a remedy, uh, to an issue that I brought up. Um, I'm just looking through, uh, Oh, another one that's amazing for egg quality and sperm quality melatonin. And that's opposite of cortisol, right? So you got to get your sleep cycle going. You got to regulate your stress response with Shisandra, with ashwagandha, something like that, that helps, you know, you can, you can listen to our, um, adrenal video. We did adrenal podcast, right? Mm, we just do it. Adrenal podcast? It was more fatigue. fatigue. Okay. We talked fatigue. Um, I did an adrenal video on the membership and I'm, I'm getting it confused with, uh, our podcast. Um, but melatonin is in regenerative heart. Again, that's, that's why I'm telling you, that's my go-to for fertility, uh, and all of that type of stuff. Um, melatonin is the second, probably highest anti-inflammatory for the human body after glutathione. Uh, but glutathione is made through good methyl B vitamins and, um, B6, which is also in regenerative heart. So that is a lot of, uh, that's everything that I was thinking. Is there anything that we missed? Yeah, I just want to say that if you are someone who has gone through fertility treatments and that is the, you know, a large amount of um, women and men have had to go through fertility treatments, I, I would be extra mindful of like checking, you know, your, your Dutch test to see where you're eliminating your hormones um, now yeah. because they do use a lot of hormones for that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. There is a big, I mean, it's a huge business, this, um, this business of IVF and egg donors and sperm donors and all of that. Um, but I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying afterwards, really be mindful of that, that hormones. Cause they're, you know, they're, they are looking at it. There are no technically current links between 
these things and cancer. But mm-hmm. I would say it's all about how you're taking care of your body after that and how you're eliminating those estrogens. And so it doesn't hurt to just, Hey, the babies are two and six years old. Let's let, let me, let me just get my hormones in order and I'll do a Dutch test, like something like that to really just make sure things are, are limiting well. Cause we don't want to set up this environment where 10 years from now you're going to have, you know, precancerous or cancerous things. That's a great point. Um, and I will take it a step further with you is one of the things when everyone's talking about gender transitioning, I think that that is, could be a crime because you have the female liver is different than the male liver. The reason why is because females have much more estrogen than males. And so their livers are designed to really detox estrogen properly. And if you, if you inject estrogen into a male whose liver is not ready for that, you can set that person up for cancer. And so a Dutch test is absolutely essential to see how you're breaking down your estrogens. Um, don't play with that folks. I'm telling you, it is not a good idea. Lauren and I talk about all the time, how terrible an idea birth control is. If we're talking, people are changing genders and you're changing hormones like that. And these same people who can't detox the hormones properly are getting pumped full of more hormones it is not going to be a good day. And it's only a matter of time before we see these cancer rates rising. I know it's not a big group of people. It's not a, it's not the majority of our population by any means, it's probably even less than a percent. But when I see that stuff, uh, when people are talking about it on social media, I don't really watch the news or anything like that. My, fir- my in my head, it goes to the biochemistry of the body. Uh, and I am scared for people who are doing that because uh, the female body is designed a certain way. And when you start messing with biology, things are not going to go right. So if that offends anybody, I'm sorry, I'm not here to offend everybody, but I'm also not here to sugarcoat stuff. So, uh, what you see is what you get with me. You either love me or hate me. Uh, and that's just another one of those topics that I think we had to bring to light. Um, last one that just came off the top of my head is if you have a low testosterone weight training, right? Just exercise. You know, it's free. You can, you can do that. So, um, just wanted to throw that in there, but I'm glad you brought up the, the whole, you know, birthing business and all that stuff, because, uh, if you don't know where how you're detoxing your estrogens and things like that, you're, you're swimming in murky waters. Yep. Definitely. All right. Um, unless you have anything else, uh, I think it's time for your favorite saying. Yes, this is not considered medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider before changing anything. All right, folks, uh, enjoy, and we will see you all in the next one.